Engineer for the Middle of the World. This is Michael Allen, and today I have a guest in the studio with me here in Jen, my fiance. Jen, Hi. welcome to the show. Thanks. Jared Hawk is actually out, um, and I don't know when he's going to be back. He's kind of on a deal at work right now where he works a lot of Saturdays, and as you know, that's our recording day, so we'll... He'll, he'll be back as soon as he can, he assures me. I'm going to uh, lay out the mission of the show here for you first. This podcast is a discussion of sports from a Midwest standpoint. I'm a lifelong Packers fan, and Jen is actually a Packers convert as well. She wasn't really into football until we got together, um, and so that was advantageous for me to bring her into the fold of the Packer Nation. Jared, of course, is a lifelong Vikings fan, so that makes things interesting when we talk football. Uh, we usually talk Packers and Vikings to close out the show strong. Um, to begin, we'll discuss headlines from the four major sports for the week ending August 16, 2014. Thanks for listening and telling a friend about this podcast. If you want to follow us more closely, you can find us on Twitter at, at halfthebattlepc and send us email at halfthebattlepodcast at gmail.com. This show is also available on iTunes for subscription. And don't be scared off by the word subscription. The show is free to download to your computer, iPod, iPhone, or iPad through the iTunes store. And we also launched our Facebook site last year. You can follow the show and like us on Facebook. Just search Half the Battle Podcast on Facebook. Now that we have the business stuff out of the way, Jen, I don't know how much you really want to chat about these things, uh, but... We need to do a reset because the last time we were on was the end of March. We were getting into the Final Four. Jayhawk and I were talking about that. That obviously seems like an eternity ago. Um, but in in the Final Four, um, we had uh, Kentucky uh, playing, and they wound up, uh, you know, I don't even remember. It was so long ago. Do you... Do you remember anything about the Final Four? To I mean, be honest with you, basketball is not my thing, so I did not, didn't even know it was going on or who was in it or who won. It, Sorry, can't help you there. Well, I mean, it just seemed like, I, you know, that that was a problem. I feel like Jayhawk and I discussed this that you know the college game has just lost so much by making the players stay for one. Everybody has to play post high school for at least a year before they can go to the NBA. Yeah. So it's just really it's just really kind of hampered the progression of college basketball and it you know it makes stuff forgettable. Yeah. Um actually I'm looking at it right now as we're talking here and Kentucky was the runner up. Uh Connecticut was the champion. So it was Florida, Wisconsin, uh Connecticut and Kentucky and so, I mean, we have one Big Ten school in there, two from the SEC in basketball, and then a Big East school in Connecticut who wound up winning it. So, um, I, I guess I do vaguely remember it. There was Shabazz Napier saying how, as student-athletes, they were going hungry, and this is what happens when you have hungry Huskies or whatever. And I don't, I don't know. know. He was complaining means. a lot, and it I don't know. I just It wasn't really that appealing. Um, in the NBA, where they get paid to play, uh, legally, the Pacers, uh, choked. That was a big storyline. And LeBron, of course, going home to Cleveland after 
uh, Miami lost in the finals. Do you think he would have stayed if Miami had won the finals? So they played the Spurs. The Spurs won. Mm-hmm. Um, what What are your thoughts? Do you think he would have stayed with an aging Dwayne Wade, or would the allure of he's hungry? Like yeah. he wants to win, or he doesn't want to be there. So I feel like if they won. He probably wouldn't have stayed. I think he would have gone back to Cleveland. I think that's been his plan all along because it was such an uproar when he left, and he likes drama. Yeah. So why not stir the pot more and, I don't know, make himself even bigger of a deal than he already is and go back? I think he would have gone regardless, yeah. I think so, too. The media would have pushed him there, too, because they always want a story. So Yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, I just – I honestly didn't see him going somewhere – like L.A. or, no. you know, I, I mean, as as appealing as that would have been to mass markets and stuff, I, I just, I don't know, there there wasn't enough of a draw there, whereas Cleveland is making moves to get Kevin Love, and mm-hmm. they kept Kyrie Irving, so I mean, he has a lot of pieces around him versus the first time he was in Cleveland where they just wouldn't get him any, anybody to play with. Yep. So, that'll be an interesting story, but... Uh, you know the the best part, the best part of uh, the sports year, as far as I mean, this podcast is centered around it is the NFL season, yeah. and um, we do have a little bit more to talk about here in the major leagues. Uh, the Red Sox threw in the towel, which is really a disappointing follow up to a championship season in my eyes. I mean, you don't want to see a team go from worst to first to worst mm-hmm. like it. Um, with, with the payroll they had and, and keeping the players that they kept and then wound up gutting when they traded away Lester to Oakland. Um, I mean, I'm happy for John Lester. I think he, you know, he deserves another shot at a, at a ring, um, to add to his collection. But at the same time, it's just kind of, uh, I don't know. It's just kind of a weird feeling to to see them trade away a guy who's been with the organization for since he was 18. Yeah. You know, he's been he's been with the Red Sox forever and um so that was kind of a that was kind of a bittersweet thing. I'm I'm happy for him to move on and and get a get a chance to you know, play for a contender in Oakland. Um and he's a free agent at the end of the year, so who knows? He might give Boston a discount and come back or he might really like it out there. He's 3 and 0. Uh, since going out to Oakland, so he might decide this is the place for him to to settle down. I don't know. I don't know what his plan is, but uh, nonetheless, uh, I don't think we would have seen this kind of a this kind of an approach with a Theo Epstein managed uh, Red Sox team. I mm-hmm. I think it was kind of ballsy of Sherrington to come out and say, you know, we're sellers. We're we're building to get better as soon as we can and we're aiming for next year yeah um it, it just it just seems kind of like a limp yep limp uh follow-up to a do you think to it's a good because year. like i know they talk about the super bowl hangover yeah do you think it's because the red sox or whoever wins the world series for that matter is like well we won last year so this year we don't have to try because no one expects it or do you think it's the opposite that they're under so much pressure and that's why they choke well i mean Everybody gives their best game to the Red Sox. Everybody gives their best game to the World Series um, 
to the World Series champs, you know. Yeah. That's why the Yankees always get everybody's best game is because they have the most of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as as far as far a hangover, I, I really don't feel that's as much the case as it is. Tim Kirkjian on ESPN, he always talks about how every spring training, he always talks about you either get better or you get worse. There's no staying the same. Yeah. And I think that was more the Red Sox problem this year is, you know, they didn't load up on talent. Usually they always go after a big name in free agency or they, you know, they shake things up with a big trade or something, but mm-hmm. they stayed pretty much identical and we saw what happened. It only yeah. works in video games, really, if you keep the same team going year after year after year because in real life things get stagnant and stale. Yep. And I think that's I think that's the story of the 2014 Red Sox, uh, stagnant and stale. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, as far as the major leagues go, I mean, um, I, you know, I've, I've kind of lost interest. It's, it's a long season and when the Red Sox aren't doing much, it doesn't really, it doesn't really provide much, um, for me to watch, but I do hope that the athletics do well. I'd like to see John Lester do well in his new team. Um, a really good story line right now is the Royals. Um, they've been basement dwellers for so long in the American League Central, and we know this with the Twins. The yeah. Twins play the Royals 25 times a year, and usually that's a dog game to go to. You can get tickets for 6 bucks to go to Target Field to see that. But um, this year, I mean, you still can because the Twins are 54 and 66. But um, if the Twins were in contention, this would be a much hotter ticket than in the past. Uh, the The Royals are sixty seven and fifty four, and the Tigers are sixty five and fifty five. So you've got ten, or you got two teams in the AL Central that are ten games above five hundred, which is pretty impressive because usually um, the AL Central is a battle to get to five hundred. They usually beat up on each other and there's not that much separation from top to bottom. So it's a it's a kind of a different look to the to the division this year. Um, I can I can say the AL East looks a little more like the AL Central used to look this year. Um, the East everybody's separated I mean Boston's way out at 14 and a half, 55 and 66, but the rest of the, the four teams at the top Nine games separate the Rays from the Orioles, and um, you know that's a good story too. The Orioles uh, haven't been in contention in a long time, and all of a sudden, uh, you know they bring in Buck Showalter. They get a few guys. They got kind of lucky in free agency with who they brought in, and and all of a sudden they're winning again. And then in the AL West, like I said, the Athletics currently lead that division, but it's tight out there. It's seventy-three and forty-nine with the Athletics. 71 and 49 with the Angels, so they're only a game back. And then the Mariners, they made the big splash in the offseason signing Robinson Cano, bringing him over from New York, and they're 66 and 55. So um, a team that was nowhere near that kind of a mark last year, uh, what a difference a player in a year makes. So that, you know, kind of plays into what we were talking about earlier with the Red Sox, and, you know, you either get better or you get worse. The Mariners, uh, you know, they went after some talent and got a little better. And another story from the AL West is, you know, the Astros used to be the NL. Now they're in the AL. They're in that AL West. And they're actually ahead of the Rangers 
the Rangers are just in free fall mode of 47 and 75. You know, they brought in Prince Fielder. And this is an example of making moves that don't work in the offseason. Um, they just, I, I don't know what happened to them. I mean, they were in World Series contention there for a couple of years. They've been in the playoffs pretty much every year. And this year just fell off the map. So, uh, in the NL side, uh, I admittedly don't watch this side very closely just because I hate watching pitchers bat. Um, but the Brewers are leaders in the NL Central, which is a cool thing. I I kind of have a soft spot for the Brewers. Um, they're at 68 and 55. The Cardinals are at 65 and 56. Pirates are at 64 and 58. And then the Reds are at 61 and 61 and the Cubs of course, at the bottom of the division, 15 games out, uh, 52 and 69. So um, that's another tight race. I mean, you're looking at the top four teams being within six and a half games of each other. That's, you know, there's room to be made up. I mean, I'm sure all of these teams will at least play seven more games against each other. So um, that that could change at any time. Uh, the NL West, I think it's the Dodgers to lose. They have the biggest payroll, so it should be theirs to lose. They really hadn't found their stride until about, a, I don't know, a week or two ago. Um, they were kind of limping into the all-star break, uh, literally and figuratively. They had a lot of injury issues with Carl Crawford, which that's mm-hmm. no surprise. He was a bum in Boston. Um, and then Matt Kemp seems to have found his stroke again. Uh, Jay Moore on Jay Moore Sports was kidding around that, you know, maybe he and Rihanna got back together because his best numbers were when he was dating Rihanna. So maybe, maybe, uh, the Giants are getting bit by the injury bug and they're at 63 and 58. They're five and a half games back of the Dodgers, but they'll play a lot of games. So that's not over. Padres, Diamondbacks and Rockies are all pretty much out of it. You can write them off. Uh, the Rockies, I don't think they'll have a 2007 run in them where they win like 26 straight, and they're 22 out. So uh, the NL East, uh, the Nationals are leaders in that division. They are six games up on the Braves. Braves were always the kryptonite for the Nationals, and I've mentioned this to Jayhawk before, but I listen to you know Tony Kornheiser a lot, and he, I feel like if there's if there's teams I know about besides the, the teams that I am interested in, it's the Washington area teams, just because they talk about the Redskins and the Nationals and the Capitals and the Wizards all the time yeah. on that show. So, um, you know, the big story there was Matt Williams came in as a first-year manager. He used to be a player. Um, and his relationship with Bryce Harper, telling him that, you know, he, he sat him because he didn't run out a ground ball earlier in the year. Then a few games later, he was out, and he was trying to stretch a double into a triple. Breaks his wrist doing that, or, you know, doesn't break his wrist, but it was something with his hand where he was out for a couple months as a result. So that kind of bit him in the ass, telling him to, you know, to to uh, hustle. So then Harper comes back. He hits a two-run walk-off home run the other day, and um, he was slumping before that. Matt Williams gets all you know, flustered and mad at the at the press conference with the media, telling him, you know, don't try to get in his head and decide what he's going to do with Harper. He's not going to send him down to the minors. Um, it's a really dramatic powder keg type situation out there in Washington. So even though they're up six games on the Braves, 
I wouldn't count the Braves out in this division. The Braves are like the Cardinals in the NL Central. The, you just you just cannot count them out, and um, they have so much talent on that roster that I'd be surprised if they don't make a push. Just because I f- still feel like they have a mental edge on the Nationals, but the Nationals have great pitching, and um, when the bats are on, they can really cause problems. I think. It'll probably come down to the Nationals and Dodgers in the NL to go to the World Series. And then on the AL side, I I really think it's more of a toss-up because the teams that are at the top, as we mentioned earlier, just aren't traditionally at the top. So you have the Orioles, the Royals, the Athletics. I mean, yeah, the Tigers have made the playoffs. The Blue Jays haven't made the playoffs in a long time. They're still up there. Usually they fall off in July. Usually they come out hot April, May, June, and then July they just fall right down. And it's weird because they don't play in a hot stadium like the Rangers do. That used to always be the Rangers' problem. They play in 100-degree heat in yeah. Dallas. Um, so I, I really don't know how it's going to shake out in the AL. Like I said, I hope I hope the Athletics make some noise there, but that's how it is. So I think we got our MLB talk in. We're going to Flip it over to the NFL. I know, Jen, this is something you yeah. like a lot more. You have a lot more interest in. Um, NFL free agency. Just kind of wanted to go over uh, a few of the big splash moves. Of course, we already talked about Julius Peppers becoming a Packer in the past. Uh, there was one thing I wanted to talk about, but I'll talk about that in the Packers segment. Um, as, far as, as far as the biggest moves, I thought... Uh, Michael Vick and Chris Johnson both playing for the Jets was a big move to that offense yeah. because, you know, they they have Geno Smith at quarterback and running back has always been kind of a running back by committee, but Chris Johnson hasn't been good for a few years. I mean, it's it's amazing to me only because I still have in my head, like, the player ratings on Madden mm-hmm. from, like, five years ago, and both of those guys were, like, towards the top yeah. in in overall quarterbacks and overall running backs. So if this was five years ago and Vic's not in prison, I mean this is a great this is a great duo, but I just don't know how good of a tandem this is going to be uh, in two thousand fourteen where they're a little older, they got a little more miles on a lot more miles on the tires and I just I don't know how it's gonna shake out there in New York, so we'll see. I guess uh, the I I want to do NFL predictions, um, but um, I got to just pull up the standings here real quick. So I have I have two things. I have regular season week one schedule. I'd like to hear what you have to say on who you think is going to win those games, and then I have the standings from last year. Uh, from the end of the season, and I'd like to hear if you think things are going to be the same, if things are going to get shaken up, what what's going to happen. So let's start with last year versus this year and see, see where we come out. So last year uh, in the AFC East, the Patriots won the division. The Jets were behind them pretty far, 8-8. Eight and eight. Dolphins, 8-8. Eight and eight. Bills, 6-10. and 10. The Patriots were 12-4. Do you think there's any change in that division? Nope. 
I don't either. I mean, maybe maybe the bottom changes a little bit. I don't yeah. know if I, maybe the Dolphins lose a few more games and the Bills win a few more games. I feel like the Patriots are just at a whole different level than the other three teams, so they're always going to be on top. Yeah. And like you said about the Jets bringing on Michael Vick, I mean, they're just grasping at straws at this point. They're yeah. so bad. I don't feel like they have any desire to get better. I don't either. With moves like that. Yeah. What, yeah. <laughs> that's their thing, I guess. We want to lose and be terrible. I mean, yeah. you're in the Patriots division. Yeah. They're like world champions. Yeah. I don't know. I hold them in pretty high regard, although I don't... I like the Packers, obviously, but I mean... Yeah. You got... When the Packers are out of contention, I pull for the Patriots. Yep. Um, I I noticed uh, today, I was watching on SportsCenter, they had the highlights, and it's preseason, that's why we're not even talking about it, but... Yeah. They had uh, the highlights of the Patriots game last night, and I noticed Brady and one of his receivers, I think it was Kimbrell Tompkins, uh, utilized that back shoulder throw oh. like Jordy and, yep. and Rodgers do. So I was I was interested to see that that is kind of making a move out yeah. to the other teams in the league. And I, I mean, when you think about the kind of quarterback and receiver relationship you have to have to make that work, it doesn't work for every team. No. There's a lot of teams, like the Vikings, that don't, you know, that haven't had the same quarterback for five games in a row. Yep. And really, last year, the Packers were really shaky at that position when Rodgers went down. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, uh, you see how much having a good quarterback impacts yeah. a team. And um, that's just another weapon for that arsenal that I think spells doom for. For the Jets, Dolphins, and Bills, besides oh, yeah. them already being the Jets, Dolphins, and Bills. Uh, in the AFC North, the Bengals won the division at 11-5. and five. The Ravens and Steelers both had down years, and the Ravens especially following a Super Bowl win. They were yeah. they, they were both 8-8. Eight and eight. And then the Browns, no surprise, 4-12. and 12. So the Browns have Johnny Manziel now. That's, of course, in case you haven't heard, that's mm-hmm. the news there. Uh, the Steelers... Really, I didn't hear of them making any big moves in the offseason. And then the Ravens uh, have their $25 million quarterback in Joe Flacco and really not that much around him because they spent all their money on him. Uh, The Bengals locked up Andy Dalton for the long term, which, I mean, he signed a massive contract, and I don't really know that it was really deserved. They haven't won a playoff game. Uh, But, nonetheless... Those are the four teams. Do you think it's going to shake out any differently this year? I like a success story. Like, started from the bottom now. They're at the top. So, I really want to see Johnny Manziel and the Browns just crush everyone. Yeah. Especially because, the like, everyone in the media on SportsCenter, every time you turn the channel on, they're hating on him. And that yeah. just drives me nuts. Yeah. So, I want to see him just bust out and blow everyone away. I don't think it's going to happen, though. Right. But that's what I'm, like, pulling for. Yeah, I mean, that sounds a lot like a Cleveland fan. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they... They want it to happen, but they yep. know in their heart of hearts that it's not yeah. going to happen. I I do, too. Like, I really, I like Johnny Mansell and my buddy from college, my old roommate, he hates him. Like, he has no time for Johnny Mansell. And uh, Jayhawk really liked him. Mm-hmm. He, had, he and I both agreed on him. I don't know how he feels now, though, because the Vikings didn't draft him, even yeah. though they could. And so I, I don't know... 
how he feels about that. It, he, I think it's going to be either one of two ways. He's either going to come back when, when he comes back to the show, he's either going to be in denial and say that he didn't want him and he's glad they didn't waste that high of a pick on him. Yep. It wasn't worth the risk. Or he's going to just throw his hands up and be continue his frustration with the front office of the Vikings. Yeah. Because, honestly, that's... I mean, he and I, when it comes to the Vikings, we're on the same page as mm-hmm. far as the front office yeah. is their weakest point. Because they just they don't know their ass from a hole in the ground. So that, uh, I think, will be one of his two views on it. Or he finds out that, you know, he sees all these reports of Johnny Manziel out partying in Vegas and stuff during um, OTAs and says, well, that's, you know, that's the end of Johnny for me. Maybe maybe he's burnt out on Johnny Manziel. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to, I'll find out when, when he's back on the show. Uh, in the AFC South, uh, well, anyway, let's go back here to the AFC North. So you want the Browns to win. Who do you think is going to win the division? Bengals, Ravens, Steelers, Browns. I feel like the Steelers are getting hungry again. Yeah. I mean, they were in the Super Bowl a few years ago, and I've never held the Bengals in high regard. I mean, no, Andy Dalton isn't yeah. that good. I don't see it. So I feel like the Steelers are going to be on top. I actually, I like that pick a lot because I think Mike Tomlin's going to be on the hot seat. Mm-hmm. Like, because he, you know, the Steelers don't put up with mediocrity. That fan base doesn't. Yep. And it's it's a lot like Green Bay, except um, I feel like they would hold the coach accountable even though there's injuries, whereas we let McCarthy get away with the injury excuse all the time. I don't time. even want to talk about that. So, so I... I I like your thoughts. I think I'm going to go with the Bengals just because on paper the talent level of the Bengals is a lot better than the Steelers. I don't think the I don't think the Ravens are going to make any splashes this year. No. But every year that you think that, that's the year that they win the Super Bowl. So who knows? That division is so hard to pick. Uh, the AFC South. This is not a hard division to pick. We have the Colts at 11 and five from last year. Andrew Luck is probably one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch in the NFL. Like he'll be a next gen guy that I'll, that I'll watch because you know, Brady and Manning, it's only a matter of time and they're going to be done playing. Uh, The Titans seven and nine Jaguars, four and 12 Texans, two and 14. So the Texans drafted Jadavion Clowney. Mm -hmm. Uh, They got, they shipped Shaw about, he was their quarterback. Um, I don't, I don't know, you know, because the Texans are such a weird case. I mean, they went from fourteen and two to two and fourteen. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know what is going to happen there. They got rid of their coach. Um, the Jaguars are four and twelve last year. They got new uniforms. I don't think that makes a difference. And the Titans seven and nine last year. Um, Mike Munchak, I believe, is still their coach and. He did have them going in the right direction there for a while, and then they just kind of fell off the wagon. So I, I don't really see anybody in those three bottom feeder teams that are going to, you know, upset the Colts no. and run it. You know, I think the Colts have a chance of making a really deep run this year. Yeah, I agree. I feel like Andrew Luck has had his first couple years as, like, rookie, getting comfortable testing the water, but I feel like he's going to do big things now. Yeah. 
He's, yeah. like, in the zone, ready to go and get it done. He's the guy of the new guys that reminds me the most of Rodgers. Yep. As far as just, you know, like, he gets it. Like, mm-hmm. he's, he stays at home and studies the playbook. You don't hear, you don't read about him in the newspapers yep. doing anything wild. Like, I mean, he's, he's a, he's a polished product. And I think, you know, it's, it's pretty clear to see why the suck for luck sweepstakes were on the, the year that he was, up in the draft, mm-hmm. I mean, everybody was just kind of tanking uh, yep. to to win to to win him as the first pick in the draft. Uh, in the AFC West, the Broncos won it last year at thirteen and three. The Chiefs eleven and five. Uh, Chargers nine and seven, and then the Raiders four and twelve. So really, pretty competitive division. This is this is very similar to the NFC West in that. Those teams were bottom feeders for a long time. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of really high draft picks. So eventually you got to make it work and you'll, you'll be back on top. Yeah. So I'm not really that surprised. If anything, I'm a little surprised that the Raiders have been so bad for so long. Um, they went to the Super Bowl, oh, you know, and played and got just blown out by the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. I believe it was like 03. And... They just really haven't been relevant since, and it's just kind of surprising to me because that fan base uh, is so passionate about the Raiders, and they have the black hole is what they call it out there where they all kind of gather in the end zone and stuff, and I just, um, it's just always surprising to me how they continue to just find, you know, grab failure from the jaws of victory. Like, they just, they, they just don't, they just don't seem to ever get better. Uh, the Broncos, you know, of course, they'll have Peyton Manning back this year. Uh, Wes Welker is there for another year, so I mean, they'll have they'll have some players around him. They lost Eric Decker; uh, he went out to, I believe, the Jets. So um, I don't I don't know what they're going to I don't know what they're going to do in that division because the Chiefs' bow is out for a little while. I read on the bottom line today on ESPN that he's out. Uh, with uh, drug possession charge or something, he got arrested. So, um, and then the Chargers at nine and seven. A lot of times they come into the season real cold and then get hot at the end of the year. So it it's just kind of a toss up in that division. I really don't know who's who's going to come out of it. I, if I had to bet on it, it would probably be the Broncos, just yeah. because they have Peyton Manning, and if he can stay healthy, they'll they'll probably win that division. I hate to say it because I despise Peyton Manning, but I think they're going to be on top, too. I mean, how can you choke that bad in the Super Bowl and not want to be on top and redeem yourself this year? Right. Yeah, I agree. Uh, The NFC uh, will start in the East. This is Jayhawk and I's least favorite division just because it is the most talked about division on ESPN, and it is... The least accomplished division out of all of the divisions, for if you compare it to the amount of time they spend talking about it, um, the Eagles ten and six last year, Cowboys eight and eight, Giants seven and nine, and the Redskins three and thirteen. The Giants were the most surprising last year to me out of the failure teams, and they did kind of get it together there at the end. They strung together a few wins just to make sure they didn't get a good draft pick. But, I mean, they really, you know, at 7-9, and nine, that is just pathetic. 
the Redskins at three and thirteen, they overhauled their coaching staff. They got rid of Shanahan and his boy, and they brought in Jay Gruden and uh, his staff. So, I, I mean, you know, there's a there's a good coaching pedigree there. John Gruden was a good coach. Jay had some success out in Cincinnati. Obviously, they made the playoffs last year, but uh, I just don't know that that Washington is going to make that kind of a stride from three and thirteen to division champs. Um, Philadelphia Eagles. They played the Patriots last night. They got drummed by the Patriots, mm-hmm. and Foles was on in his post game press conference, and that guy does not sound like an NFL quarterback to me. Uh-huh. Like, he he just sounds pretty low IQ, to yeah. be completely blunt. Like, he just doesn't sound smart. Um, and last year, he didn't throw very many interceptions. I think he threw three the entire year. But this year, in the preseason, last game, he threw three. Hmm. Last night, he didn't do anything. He didn't throw anything. But uh, he, he had a pretty good game passing-wise. But it's, like I said, it's preseason. Um, so you got the Cowboys who are always talked about in Ballyhood and never do anything. And then the Giants and the Redskins. So for me in this division, I think the Giants will be back this year. I, that's who I would, that's who I would pick to do it. They still have Eli. They've probably drafted well because Coughlin and staff usually draft pretty well because they're used to not having very high picks. So I would if if I was to put it behind somebody in that division, I wouldn't count the Giants out of yeah. winning it. I'm just picking blindly, and I'm going to say the Redskins because I like RG three. Right. No reason. Okay. I don't like any of them, but if I okay. had to root, pull for someone, it would be the Redskins. I like RG three, and I like that the Redskins are keeping their name. Yep. So oh, yeah. Yep. So I, I guess that. I like I like that part of it. Uh, the NFC North, uh, the Packers, Bears. Lions and Vikings. Um, this was a pretty pitiful division last year as far as wins and losses go. Um, the Packers tried their best to give it away, and they ended up 8-7-1 and one, mm-hmm. and won the division. Um, the Bears, 8-8. Eight and eight, The Lions, 7-9. and nine. They should have had the division. The Lions should have had the division. There was a yeah. time where they only had seven losses, and they could have, if they'd have won out, they'd have had the division. Um, and then the Vikings five ten and one. Um, I mean, I really don't think that the Bears are going to take the Packers this year. I, you know, they always talk about their offense and stuff, but uh, there's there's just always this cooling off period with the Bears where you know they'll come out hot because they'll play you know garbage teams for the first four or five games of the schedule because that's always how it's set up. Yep. The Packers, in the meantime, will play the Seahawks and the Niners and, you know, mm-hmm. the the division champions from the year before. So, But then when it comes down to head-to-head, Rodgers owns the Bears. I, yeah. just, I, I, don't, really, I don't really see that changing. Um, the, the Vikings, they bring in Teddy Bridgewater. Um, they still have AP. They lose Jared Allen. Uh I don't know. There's nothing that screams to me that this is the Vikings year. I don't think it the Vikings. Never is. Well, I mean, I just don't think Vikings fans even expect it to be no. like a. I, I think they expect progress from last year, but how couldn't you? I mean, you mm-hmm. won five games last year, but 
you know, I, I don't think they're going to expect a, a deep playoff run or anything. No. Um, the Lions, 7-9, and nine, I expect them to continue their move south. I think, I think the Vikings could wind up third in the division behind the Packers and Bears, and then mm-hmm. the Lions end up at the bottom just because, I mean, that team just does not seem to be into it at all. I don't know. No. I don't know what their problem is. I mean, they're, they're talented enough to win, but they just don't seem to care. I don't know. I don't know what their problem is. Um, so, I mean, I'm going to take the Packers. I'm assuming. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, in the NFC South, the, the, uh, Panthers, Saints, Bucks, and Falcons. Panthers last year twelve and four, Saints eleven and five. It's a tough division. Yeah, uh, two teams with ten or more wins, and uh, the Bucks and Falcons both at four and twelve at the bottom of the division. Now the Falcons are on hard knocks this year. Last year the Bengals were, and the Bengals wound up making the playoffs. I don't know if that has any effect on it. I'm sure there's some stat out there as far as mm-hmm. what the what the records are for the teams, playoff appearances, and whatnot. I don't know that the Falcons have made any moves really. To, to propel themselves up in the standings. But the Buccaneers have made a lot of moves. They brought Lovey Smith down, the coach. Uh, they got some... They, they've signed some players that are going to, you know, um, fill some of the gaps that they had down there. Um, I It's still kind of one of those things where the Panthers have Cam Newton, the Saints have Drew Brees and Sean Payton, the Falcons have Matt Ryan, but the Buccaneers, you'd be hard-pressed to name a player on that roster. Yeah. Um, they just they don't seem to have the star power and the leadership to to go anywhere. And, I mean, Lovey Smith can only do so much. And I've, just, I've never been that impressed with him just because when he was with the Bears, they went to one Super Bowl, lost, got blown out by Peyton Manning and the Colts. And, I mean, it, it was just – mediocrity yeah. for the Bears, and they, I, I think they wasted away uh, one of the best defenses in the NFL. Like, they could have, you know, they could have been so much better if Lovey wouldn't have been so insistent on starting uh, Rex Grossman at, at quarterback. And, and I, I just, they, they had Brian Erlanger and Pat Tillman and all these guys that, that were, that were good. Uh, I'm sorry, not Pat Tillman. Is it Pat Tillman? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, um, the uh, I I just don't see the Buccaneers making any strides. So it, it comes down to the Panthers, Saints, and Falcons in that division. And I think I think uh, I would probably lean towards the Panthers again this year. They they seem to have a good year last year. They have the that defense back. But it's tough for me to bet against the Saints. Yeah. And so if I were to if I were to put my name on it, I would say the Saints. Yeah, I agree. Saints. I would say the yep. Saints. That's what I was thinking too. Uh, and then in the NFC West, the last division here, we have the Seahawks, the 49ers, the Cardinals, and the Rams. Uh, Seahawks thirteen and three, Niners twelve and four, Cardinals ten and six, and Rams seven and nine. So, I mean, three teams with 10 wins or more last year. The Cardinals came on strong at the end. They have a really good defense. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I really think it's the Seahawks 
conference to lose. I mean, not only division, but conference. I mean, they're, they're tough. I don't like them, but they're, they're a good team. And it's going to be a really big measuring stick for the Packers in week one when we play against them. I mean, they beat the Broncos silly in that, uh, in that Super Bowl. Yeah, but Peyton Manning's a choke artist, and Richard Sherman is on the cover of Madden 15, which infuriates me, and there's like a curse where he's going to be terrible. So I'm going Niners, although I hate hate all of them. I'm going Niners. Okay. Okay, well, that's an interesting take on it. If you play, if you you take the Madden curse into play, into account, um, yeah, I mean, there is a a chance that... uh, that the Seahawks could lose the division. I don't see it happening, but uh, just because all the calls they get, everybody seems to be in love with Seattle. Um, so I would I would say they'll probably win. I know there's a lot of hullabaloo about the Packers and Seahawks opening up week one of the NFL mm-hmm. season. Um, I, I was just on the NFL website for week one tickets, and it's, and it said, uh, best game of week one, revenge of fail Mary. Last time Aww. Seattle hosted Green Bay in 2012, we were all witnesses to one of the most infamous games of the century. Two words, fail Mary. This year, the Packers returned to CenturyLink Field in the opening game of the 2014 season. The Seahawks were an up-and-coming team back in 2012. This time around, they're the defending Super Bowl champions. Elsewhere in week one, Peyton Manning faces the Colts for the second time in his career. In week seven of last season, Indy defeated dealt Denver its first loss. So the Packers open up the season in Seattle to face the twelfth man and all the noise mm-hmm. that comes with that. And we'll probably talk more about week one next uh, next week as we'll be wrapping up preseason at that point and we might even get into a little fantasy uh, football impact and all of that. Uh, as far as the Packers segment, uh, C.J. Wilson, James Jones to Oakland, uh, a.k.a. Green Bay West. Uh, Matthews said Peppers is going to create a lot, a lot of opportunities for him, which I'm excited about because I thought he had a pretty quiet year last year. Uh, Mike Daniels also said that he was impressed with Peppers playing like a rookie, trying to make the cut in camp. So I think there's, I, I think that that signing starts to make more sense uh, as a signing for veteran leadership more than contributions on the field. I think they were missing that when Woodson left last year, and I I think that that's what uh, Peppers is looking to bring to this squad. So uh, that's about all I've got for this week. Um, do you have anything else, Jen? Nope, I don't think so. All right, well, that's it for Half the Battle. Thanks for listening and tuning in. Uh, remember to Take a look at our Facebook page, Half the Battle Podcast on Facebook. Uh, feel free to send us an email at halfthebattlepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, tweet us on Twitter at, at halfthebattlepc. And uh, remember, our show is available on iTunes for subscription for free to download to your iPod, iPhone, or iPad through the iTunes Store. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.